재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 That was a whole epiphany like kind of changed my whole mindset There's a big risk, but at the same time, it's one of those things where if you don't do it, you're going to spend the rest of your life wondering what would have happened. So, of course, I had to do it. The expression, home is where the heart is, came to mind. I'm already settled down here because, you know, my family's here. At Koreascape, we're always on the lookout for interesting or prominent expats who have chosen Korea as a place in which to do something really cool with their lives. And we ask them a very simple question. Why here? Why did you pick here? Why did you stay in Korea? The person who actually goes out and does the asking and finds these interesting people is our team member and guest host, GP. He is back in the studio now to help us meet someone new. Hey, GP. Hey there, Kurt. Feels great to be back, man. Weather's awesome. How you doing? I'm doing great. I got some uh, yellow dust and allergy issues going on, but I'm not complaining. I would rather have the warm weather and that than slog through the cold, so I'm, I'm all right. In terms of yellow dust, doesn't really bother me too much until it hits that um that booger threshold. I don't know <laughs> okay. if I'm getting too visual. Yeah, that is, but that is vivid language, yeah. Yeah, if you're listening in, you know what I'm talking about. Don't fool yourself. All right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I've been there. Uh, so, yeah, like like I said, you go out, you talk to these people, you get their sound, you bring back their stories, and you've really uh, hit some home runs so far with some interesting expats. Who are we talking to this week? We are hearing from Danny Ahrens, and earlier you said, you know, expats doing cool things. I don't know if uh, anyone else is doing stuff as cool as Danny. Everyone's doing cool stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, I think just a general vibe of just cool is what Danny exudes. Uh, some people you meet and they're very like, oh, look on the bright side, you know, and that's what you want when you meet new individuals. But for Danny, it feels almost like there's a, there is no no dark sides. Like, does that even exist? Everything's all good. Uh, he started off in a particular sector, music, and has branched out into other uh, ventures recently. I think two weeks ago, two weekends ago, he was on um, Korean SNL. Okay, wow. Yeah, so Saturday Night Live. Um, I, I watch that from time to time. I find, I don't know, it's kind of hit or miss for me. But yeah. so is actual it's SNL hard for, for me, to me t- too. Yeah, that's right. Because I don't right. have the political context of a lot of things, but it, that's just my own ignorance. Highly context-dependent humor on Korean SNL, I find. Yeah, exactly. And uh, Danny, if I, I think um, he's already quite famous, quite notable. But I think in the future, when he becomes more famous, he'll just he'll be one of those people that's just famous for being himself. Mm. Kind of like this is this is not the best analogy, but kind of like The Rock is just famous for being The Rock. Yeah. But Danny's not. I think Danny's probably smiling from ear to ear being compared to The Rock. No, I don't know much about him yet, but I'll bet you he's happy with that comparison. Uh, let's, let's hear from now, him now. He gave me a really brief intro. Here it is. Danny Aaron's from Michigan, and personality's pretty easygoing, but thorough and pretty creative, but try to be organized. Danny doesn't sound like he's stressed about much at all in life. No, I, I don't think, um, I think he hides it well. Everybody's stressed about something, right? Yeah. Um, but he doesn't come off that way at all. Uh, he had a smile when I met him. We have a few mutual friends, and every time I saw him interact with those uh, friends, he always seemed very upbeat. Those words he used, though, the ones he threw out, easygoing, thorough, creative, and organized, um, do you think those are mutually exclusive, easygoing, and thorough, creative, 
and organized. Well, I guess there's this sort of stereotype out there that if you're a creative, everything's a mess in your house and your desk is, you know, a bomb zone and uh, you've got a piece of paper everywhere. I'm getting there. Is that you? <laughs> Did I just describe you? Um, I, I don't know. I don't think that's uh, – I think that's a bit of a, a, a false, um, you know, uh, stereotype. I think, you know, some of the most creative people out there – have cleared their plate enough so that they've got the free space in their brain to be creative. There's a whole system, a product productivity system out there called Getting Things Done by, what is his name, David Allen. And it's all about get organized, get your stuff compartmentalized. That's becoming really popular nowadays, it's too. It's GTD, right? Yeah. And uh, get your stuff compartmentalized and organized, and then you've got the free space in your head to be creative, you know? We'll actually hear a lot more about organization, especially how Danny does it later. But, uh, yeah, when I imagine some of the most creative people, like the Steve Jobs of the world, I don't imagine his desk being as cluttered as mine. Mm. And so now I'm going to leave and uh, go clean up my desk, actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, um, so Danny, unlike the majority of our Why Here voices, he actually didn't like Korea his first go-around. He's very, very candid about that. He actually left, and, uh, yeah, let's hear more about that. Let's see, I came here originally in 2006 when I was 22, and that was in the middle of a lot of travels. I'd spent six months in Europe before that, and I was traveling around Asia at the time. I taught here for a year, really didn't enjoy it, so I left. Lived in Bulgaria for a while, and I was working, you know like what woofing is? W-W-O-O-F, Willing Workers on Organic Farms. It's an awesome organization that's worldwide. You can volunteer on a farm, and there's networks in every country. So I was living in Bulgaria working on an organic farm. They give you like room and board, and you learn about organic farming and it's in this really tiny village. What's up to Kathy, the farm owner? She's still a friend of mine today. But anyway, I was living in Bulgaria, and I wanted to keep living there. And I just saw this advertisement for, a, like, an English camp in Korea. So I was like, oh, cool. I could go there, and in a month, you could earn, like, five grand. Sweet, I'll fly to Korea. Worked hard for a month at this camp, and then I took the Trans-Siberian back to Bulgaria. So that's why I came back here, just to make some money. And, yeah, that's when I noticed the difference. That's what made me end up coming back later. I didn't like Korea at all, like on first impression. But it was traveling a lot and coming back when I was able to see the charm, when I saw how much it had changed and what the country really is. So, yeah, for the past seven years I've been here making my music, doing my thing. I scribbled that down when he said that, that wolf thing, willing workers on organic farms, that sounds cool. Yeah, when he said it to me uh, in person, I was like, Wait, woof! Did you just make the sound a dog makes, and then he described I expected it? I like, him. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was like, I, <laughs> I thought I was he was going to say some kind of beatboxing thing. You know, I was woofing, <laughs> but um, yeah, that sounds awesome. I think I might have my next sabbatical uh, planned out. You know? Yeah, it's it's very interesting. Definitely check it out. Um, he says his first go around, you know, wasn't all that spectacular. He really didn't enjoy it. Kurt, you, uh, you've had more than one go-around at Korea. How was your first impression? I don't know if you were here for like a year or three years the first time. I can't quite recall. You have mentioned it, though. I was here for five years the first time. I came here from—I moved here from Hong Kong. And um, compa- back in that particular era, which was, what, 2005, um, my impression of Korea was it's a lot more drab and a lot more utilitarian uh, than Hong Kong. Hong Kong is a dazzling city. It's beautiful, and you fall in love with all the views and stuff. And so it was a bit of a slog at first for me. 
but Korea is a city you can learn to love. I mean, Seoul is a city you can learn to love. So, um, you know, once you know kind of where to go, and in the intervening years, Seoul has devoted a lot more effort to becoming aesthetically beautiful, Cheonggyecheon and DDP and yeah, these spaces, you know. So Seoul is becoming a city that you can fall in love with quickly now, you know. But back then, eh, it was a bit boxy, a bit dark, you know. And after Hong Kong, it was, to me at the time, a bit of a letdown. But obviously, I'm still here, so. I think that what's um, underemphasized a little bit uh, from what Danny said is that that time spent away is equally as important mm. to kind of reframe your experience. Absolutely. So actually, I haven't really spent any time away from Korea since I first got here. I've only spent uh, at most, I think, five weeks away. Yeah. So, There's a really uh, famous book called Vagabonding. Have you ever heard of it? No. I'll no. bet you a lot of money that Danny has probably read Vagabonding. It's, it's, it's about what his lifestyle is like. You can go work somewhere for a while, then take a long trip, then work for a while, and reframe your existence a lot. It's, it's influenced a lot of these kind of digital nomad type people out there. It's sort of one of the core canon of the, the modern sort of travel and work lifestyle, you know? While we're on the topic of uh, reading and writing, actually, Danny's told me he originally pursued writing in his 20s, and uh, that's what he did while he was traveling. So I asked him, why stop traveling? Why stop writing? I was slowly realizing that writing wasn't what I wanted to do, and that what I wanted to do more than writing was music. And I knew that if I was going to make music, I had to really set up in one spot. And I was like, okay, I need to find some place that I can be for a couple years. So that's when it kind of came into my head. Let's try Seoul out. There is some really cool stuff happening there. So I just came back, got a job as a teacher, and just started studying Korean every day, making music every day. And that was my life for two years. All of that was moving towards where I am now, which got like an F2S visa. I got the point system visa a few years back. Ever since then, once I got that visa and I could support myself, just went into music full time, started my own business, got to set up kind of the life that I live today. But it was really all built off that initial year or two of grinding, learning the language, got my black belt in Taekwondo, played a lot of guitar and slowly met people. So I didn't, I didn't really have any network here at all. I didn't have any money in the bank. Well, my day-to-day is awesome. I mean, every day is really different, which is kind of how I have it set up. So I can just tell you what the past few days have been like. Last Thursday, I filmed Korean SNL. Uh, Last Friday, I spent the day recording in my studio alone. Last Saturday, I shot SNL again with Margaret Cho, who's awesome. I got to, like, translate for him and work with them. And I also had shows with my band on Friday and Saturday night. So in between all of this other work, I've got those shows. One day a week is going to be, like, business meetings, usually. I'm shooting a movie right now as well. It's all over the place, man. Like, every day is really different. That's a bunch of stuff right there, but that's what it is. That's what keeps me creative and makes me love life and keeps me going. Like, these are all things that I'm really interested in that I'm really passionate about. So, GP, up until just before that last soundbite, I had a picture of a guy who was just sort of, you know, teaching and traveling and writing and, you know, not too different from the rest of us. And then all of a sudden in that soundbite, I'm hearing I'm filming a thing with Margaret Cho and I'm shooting a movie and I've been on SNL twice. How did he make this leap into being kind of a celebrity? Well, like you said, when he first got here, he didn't have a network and uh, he had no money in the bank. This whole thing is like almost the American dream, yeah. kind of a, like a rags to riches story. I don't, I don't know if you would describe what he has as riches, but it's definitely a wealth in terms of like a spiritual fulfillment yeah. in what he does day to day, right? But yeah, that grinding is really what I want to emphasize. That initial one to two years, or in my case, five years, where you just don't see what's out there. You don't know how to take advantage of what you can 
to get where you're going. You know, you really have to buckle down and practice your craft, dedicate time to it, or at least dedicate time to finding it, to failing a little bit before you actually get to learn what it is that you enjoy. And he's obviously done that. Um, he said he got a, his black belt in Taekwondo, which was really random. And uh, a lot of people try a lot of random stuff. So have I on the, I guess, the path to finding out what we really wanted to do. Kurt, you ever tried any random things while you're here? Are you still doing any random stuff? You do like salsa at night or something? I'll tell you a secret and the rest of the people listening. I just, I, just, I just took voice lessons last. I, I started taking voice lessons last week, you know, to improve my singing range. I want to I want to try. Really? Yeah. Uh, you know, in like classical singing, you know. But um, so that's a random thing nowadays. When um, back then I didn't really have much time, but I, I developed a crush on a North Korean woman who didn't speak any English. So it was like sort of Tarzan wow. talking to Frankenstein, you know. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it was really busy when I first came here. But he sounds Wait, amazing. in this analogy, who is Tarzan and who is Frankenstein? I'm, <laughs> I'm both, really, you know. Uh, she's Jane trying to talk to Tarzan. Okay, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, this dude is a guitarist. He's a black belt in Taekwondo. Oh, I'm just shooting SNL next He's week. He's got his I mean, band, right? Uh, yeah, what's, tell me about his band. What's the style of the band? Uh, they are a rock band. Not something you would expect out of Seoul, but very much a rock band. They're called Used Cassettes, and I've actually brought in a clip of one of their uh, songs coming up off of their new album. Let's take a little bit of a listen to it right now. You drink my beer distinctly Lou Reed kind of vibe there. I, I, uh, the song is called Ducati. Uh, the band, once again, has used cassettes, and that's Danny on lead vocal. Yeah. Uh, in the background, you can hear mention um, Sokchun and Ansan, and uh, if you play, I, I asked him, I was like, am I hearing this right? And he says, yeah, yeah, those are references to places in Korea. Hmm. And this is on definitely the uh, more psychedelic chill side of the album. I've had a listen through to the whole album. Hmm. And they play regularly in Itaewon, actually. Yeah, it's good stuff. I, yeah, I, very I, different. I, I want to see that band now. I, I dig that kind of music, you know, just good sort of solid classic rock. Um, well, I guess you have to eventually ask him the, the big question, right? The name of the segment question. The, what, the, uh, what keeps him here? Let's find out. Let's find out right now. Why here? One main thing is the people that I work with, like my friends. Basically, I'm so lucky. In all my projects, I'm working with friends. Me and the band are best friends. I'm involved in a couple businesses, and they're both with people that we met because of the ideas and the vision, but we're friends, just awesome people, bright people, creative people. That definitely keeps me here, you know? I really like working with people who inspire me to my better work, who I can inspire to their better work, and we can laugh while we're doing it, and being serious about it and putting the work in and, and taking pride in it. So a lot of it has been the amazing people that I know, and I don't feel tied to Korea either at this point. I see the next few years for me really expanding and branching out. Use Cassette's first album is going to be released and promoted in North America this month or next month for the first time ever. We got a really cool partner that we're working with in LA for that. So that's going to be a cool new step. 
And a lot of the projects that I'm working on, the business and consulting projects are both quite international too. And a lot of them extend back to North America. And my family's still there. So I'm really excited to be able to kind of move back and forth a little bit more. But this is still a really inspirational home base for me right now. I get the impression listening to Danny Aaron's voice. I've never seen him before that he's like six foot four or something. <laughs> Is he? I think he's um, I think he's my height roughly. Yeah. He might be an inch taller than me. I'm uh, I'm 175 centimeters. Okay, and so I think he he might be maybe two or three centimeters taller than me. He's got this baritone voice. I guess that's from singing all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um. His his tone is deep. It reminds me of uh, Lauren Hutchins, hmm. the uh, photographer we heard from quite a while back on this segment, hmm. and they have the same kind of gravity in their tone and the wisdom. And it's very, very interesting. I was thinking about um, something he said, about what something Danny said, having a shared vision and kind of making that the reason you're here mm-hmm. is all these people that you come across and that you're friends with and you have this similar vision. I haven't really, um, I haven't been lucky enough to find anyone that shared my vision to, um, I guess, in the same way that I do. But oftentimes, just them being passionate about whatever it is they do, whether that's uh, acting or music or fitness mm-hmm. or whatever, that's enough for me. What is your vision, GP? You know, I, my vision is um, is that this is the densest city in the world. That's mm. that's accurate, right? Okay. Yeah. And it should have the best English radio. It should have English radio to match that. And we should have various mediums. Mm. Whatever you want, you shouldn't have to uh, turn on streaming services from abroad to get that. You should uh-huh. be able to get your fix locally. Get it locally, have it timely and relevant to your Organic, experience. grass-fed. Yeah. All that Think stuff. global, act local, listen local. There have been a few people, but what they're interested in is uh, oftentimes very different from than what I'm interested in. A lot of people are more interested in current affairs, as where I'm much more into culture. Yeah. But, you know, all of that can feed into it. So I'm just trying to wrap my mind around it. Kurt, do you have a vision you're at liberty to share? A vision. Um, yeah, I, I, I definitely agree with you. I think uh, getting into uh, the, you know, developing the media space here, we're in a very, very small uh, pond in terms of, of English language media and maybe making that a little bit bigger, a bit more diverse, uh, a bit uh, richer and deeper is uh, something we as a show team try to do here. And it's uh, it's a fun thing to do. We're not day. shy about it either. Not shy about it. Yeah. And um, I, I got to say, these people that you bring in to us on this segment uh, are, are pretty inspiring. You know. You remember uh, when we interviewed Annie Cole from Love Exterio? Uh-huh. We had that uh, Theory of Korea last um, last yeah. season. Actually, I mentioned Love Exterio to um, to Danny. He said, "Oh yeah, back in the day when I first started um, doing music, we started a label with." Love Exterio, and that's like that shared vision that he's speaking of. That's just an example of it. All right. You don't uh, get to have a successful career in entertainment without your fair share of roadblocks and personal strife, though. Danny's, in particular, wasn't at all exclusive to entertainers or musicians, though. One of the most easiest ones to point to would just be learning the language. I learned it pretty quick, to be honest, and my, my Korean's, like, pretty good. But it wasn't it wasn't the studying alone that was hard for me it was talking with koreans that was really hard for me and understanding korea was hard people who are listening to this who don't live in korea or who live in korea and really haven't tried to learn the language like really committed one of the harder things you'll find is koreans just aren't used to people speaking korean 
And it was challenging, you know, speaking Korean and like getting laughed at a lot. Koreans don't do it to be rude. They do it because they're just, they're surprised or they're nervous or they think it's funny or whatever. But I always took it as, oh, they're, you know, they're, they're laughing at me or whatever. And, and just like wanting it to work and it not working and speaking Korean, but Koreans just speaking English to me. I just had to let go of a lot of ego and just totally be comfortable with sounding like an idiot and be a beginner. That was a challenge. Korean cultural stuff too, doing creative projects in Korea. Even once I had the Korean down, learning that the way that people communicate in Korea is different, <laughs> like working on a video or working on an album, you know, when you work on a creative project, there's the way that you speak about the project and the way that you speak about what your vision is, is extremely important. And that can be hard just in English, right? Because people have such differences with putting something together, making something creative. So doing that in Korean, it was like the whole thing all over again. Those have all been the biggest challenges, the most obvious challenges. In that seven, eight years, really all the other challenges have just been personal. Learning how to set goals, accomplish them, learning how to have confidence in my own vision for my life and not listen to what other people's visions for my life are to really, truly follow my heart. That's, that's a challenge that I would face no matter where I am. And obviously that's been going on here too. Uh, Danny actually told me that the way he approached his personal challenges um, was to break down things into actionable steps, actionable being the key word there. Mm. So if the overall goal was to um, do an album, you know, then you have whatever songs. Well, then these songs need lyrics. This song needs um, a melody. And that he'd break them into much smaller pieces that you could accomplish, I guess, um, somewhat on a regular basis until you eventually big up, uh, build up to that larger goal. A lot of people call that chunking it down. Chunk it down into That's little catchy. I like tiny that. steps. Chunk it down. Yeah, exactly. Good piece of advice embedded in there, too. Don't be afraid to look like a beginner. If you want to learn more about Danny, where do we go? You can check him out, his band out on Facebook. Uh, Used Cassettes is the name of the band. Or if you want Danny on Instagram, his name is Danny Aarons, D-A-N-N-Y-A-R-E-N-S. Very cool stuff. Thank you very much, GP. Another cool expat. All the credit goes to Danny. Thanks to him. Thank you, Danny. Why Here is up for today, and so is our show. We are produced by Christina Saw with associate production by Jamie Lee. This guy right next to me, GP Wynn, does the writing. I'm Kurt Asian. Remember to follow us on Facebook and Twitter. And join us tomorrow at 9 a.m. We're going to eat some teeny tiny octopuses in local eats. We'll see you again then.